You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with your hosts, Andy Grant and Apio Hunter. Real Men Feel is all about encouraging men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to opening up discussions that most men aren't having, but you certainly don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel podcast is produced live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for your growth and enjoyment. You can find more information about the Real Men Feel movement at realmenfeel.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. This is a weekly program, and your comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in the Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome again to Real Men Feel. Greetings and salutations to everybody out there. I'm your host, Andy Grant, and wow, we're excited. This is uh, episode 50 we are cranking out tonight. Ooh. And uh, often we have scheduled uh, official guests. Um, tonight is not one of those nights. So let me just jump right in and introduce my trusty co-pilot, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. I love the, the greetings and salutations. I used to say that a lot when I was younger. And then I stopped when I moved to Florida. And it's good to hear it again. So, yes, greetings and salutations. Yeah, that's from a, I got it from a Christian, Christian, no, what the heck is his name? Christian, it was from an 80s movie. Right, yeah. Yeah. Heathers, right? Was it Heathers? Um, I want to say Breakfast Club. but Christian Slater, sure. yes. Christian yeah, Slater. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, greetings yeah. and salutations. He was doing like a young Jack Nicholson impersonation <laughs> the whole movie. Like, cool. Let's talk about that. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the, we'll totally the, go off subject. <laughs> so the show tonight um, is about internalized homophobia. And that's not a term I'd ever heard of. Um, and actually, it, it's one of the guys in our private Facebook group where I shared the backstory that I'll get into. So it said, that sounds like internalized homophobia. And I was like, that sounds like a great show. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and the backstory is that in February, we did a show. I think it, it was, uh, we had, we're talking about the Evolved Masculine. It was with our guest, uh, Destin Garrick. And, yes. you know, the, the audios of this goes to, the podcast goes to iTunes and Google Play and all these different places. And we also recorded it as a video. So on YouTube, you can actually see us. And on YouTube, someone... Someone responded with a comment, and let me get it exactly. Uh, the, the, the first comment on the video was, what a pair of wankers. Please stop being so fucking gay. And, you know, that was like my biggest fear. When I, I, I started doing videos in like 2008, c- coming out uh, as a survivor of suicide and having videos about being molested as a child. And my initial fear was, oh, someone's just going to, you, you're so gay. You're a fag. Go away. Stop being emotional. Stop crying, you pussy, and all that. That's what kept me quiet for a long time. Um, but what, so I'm usually laugh at that side of comments now, but th- this was the first time real men feel got this gay attack, which I, you know, I would have guessed would have happened in episode one or two, just from our title, right. but yeah. it took a while. But what triggered me the most, this, this comment was coming from someone else named Andy Grant. And we always, you know, talk about how, you know, what triggers you, it's a mirror and all this kind of talk. I'm like, Oh fuck. It's literally someone with my name calling me gay, which is triggering me. So I ended up writing a post about that and I shared it in our, we have the real one field has a, a public Facebook page and there's also a private group. And in the private group, I talked about, this is really fucking trigger me. What, why is this? And that's where the, you know, um, it was suggested that this internalized homophobia. So I thought tonight would be to take this on was going to be, you know, Apio having permission to like drill in. I was going to come and just be open and like rip me apart. What, what is my homophobia? Why does this trigger me? What, what am I against? Like, mm-hmm. You know, I don't go around making fun of gays or fighting gays, but obviously there's still like, oh, you think I'm gay? No, no, I'm not gay. Like, so that, that's, that's what I, my witnessing of, of the, the homophobia inside is. Um, but in leading up to this and talk with Apio, you know, I discovered that it's not just a straight man that has homophobia, mm-hmm. right? So you've, you know, we were, you were mentioning earlier that you think perhaps, you know, gay people is even worse. So yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's especially true if you're, if you're a gay man growing up in a deeply conservative, hyper-religious community. 
like where you know where, where I grew up, you know, and, and you know it, it, it the the fear of not just the label of being gay, which could definitely be an insult, but even more so being outed or being discovered that yes, you really are. Then there's that additional possibility and that threat of violence against you. You know, where, where people, I mean, especially growing up in the generation that, that, you know, you and I both belong to, I was born in the late 60s and through going through the 70s and, and, and 80s, um, you know, I, it, the permission, if you will, societal permission for violence against gay people, especially if it was not in like one of the large cities of the country, whether New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles, um, it was almost not only expected, but encouraged. And so, so, there, so that fear was even more so. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely experienced a lot of that internalized homophobia against myself. And it, it was fascinating to, to, to read your perspective. Um, and it's like, Yep, we go through it too. Yeah. So that, yeah. that, and again, it makes sense. Like, you know, I was sharing with you before the show really started. You know, I, I have a background of, of depression and suicide attempts, mm -hmm. and I was 18 years old. I was just out of my first mental hospital. Um, I attempted to kill myself, I think, three times at this point. And my dad said, You know, is this all because you're gay? And I'm like, Is it? Am I gay? Is that it? I'm like, how do I know if I'm gay? And then I got pissed. Like, my dad thinks I'm gay? What the fuck? He said, oh, it, was just, it was like another reason to be suicidal was because my dad was judging me as gay. And it, again, I, I, you know, real men feel didn't exist back then. So I was a sensitive, emotional kid. And I felt that made me less of a man. And that that's why he was then saying it too. But, you know, I really like, how, how do you know? What, what helps you decide that? And there were times like, well, crap, I wish I knew I was gay. Then I wouldn't need have you know a, a reason or have a, a, a foundation for why I feel different right sure but yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and and you know that you know kind of gets to the heart of the whole question why is it that we as men whether gay or straight or bisexual even why do we have this this, this fear of, of getting that label assigned to us you know, as I was thinking about it, one of the one of the thoughts that came to my mind is that there's just this somehow this idea of the label gay makes you somehow less of a man, and that kind of goes to the heart of our our cultural hangups, is that we are you're labeled gay, you're somehow less of a man, and no man, no man, gay or straight that I've ever encountered likes to be thought of as being less of a man yeah. we're just no, no human You're, being wants to be less of anything right we don't want to be less yeah less, yes, tough, less strong less right. money less anything right yeah in fact ben just added to the chat here that it's also internalized misogyny so not just homophobia but misogyny as well and i i would have to agree with that yeah 100 percent. Right. it's fascinating yeah. that being you know, less of a man makes you more of a woman which is Equally bad, worse, you know, it's all... It's exactly. Hard. It's like, you know, somehow being a straight man who basically fucks everything that has a hole, you know, that, you know, is, has boobs in a hole, you know, is essentially, you know, the, the, the definition of, of, of manhood. That's still true in a lot of cultures. We're seeing the shift, we're seeing the change, and obviously part of that shift, that cultural shift and that perception, the way I look at it, is, is you know, one of the reasons why we have what we have going on in Washington, D.C., but also, you know, in other cultures. So, for instance, you know, I've talked many times on the show about how I grew up in a bicultural household. You know, my mom is from Brazil. My dad is, is from, you know, a small farm town in Idaho. And, you know, growing up with the perspective of the Latin culture and, you know, the, I guess you could say the Northern European uh, Protestant culture, um, the, in, in Latin America, the machismo is still very much alive. You know, what defines a man, I mean, to the point where what defines a man is that in a, in a boy's first, you know, man experience is their dad taking him down to the local brothel so they can choose whichever woman that they want to sleep with. And the dad is like cheering them on. So that's an extreme example, but it happens a lot. And typically in the smaller, more rural communities where you see them happening more frequently. Yeah. Now, I remember um, 
think it was elementary or junior high school, you know, starting to study um, the Greek times and the Roman times and seeing images and stories of, you know, men and having young boys and men and everyone was really seemed to be uh, bisexual in that time. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of came up with my own view. I'm like, well, I, I, humans are probably always bisexual and it's your, mm-hmm. your society, your upbringing that steers you in, you know, that's good, that's bad, or you should be this way. But it, it you know, I'm like, wow, was every just human, like sexuality and intimacy seem to have been in the past, like open and, you know, whatever feels good. It's not that sex only meant procreation. Right, right. Um, and in fact, it's interesting because there, you know, if you look at multiple societies, you know, let's, let's go back to the Greek societies. In Spartan culture, is a very warrior-centered culture. Um, to have, you know, the sexual intimacy between mentors and their mentees or, you know, between the older men and, the, and their younger students who, who they were paired up with was almost seen as a way of creating a stronger bond in, in that militaristic culture. So you can truly trust each other in every way, shape, or form. And it was not necessarily, you know, having, you know, relations, you know, full-time, you know, you know, pairings or whatever were frowned upon. You know, you're still expected to, you know, marry a female or and have sire a, 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 an heir with a female. But sexual relations between mentors and mentees were not necessarily frowned upon because of there was that perception and there was a cultural idea that it created a stronger bond and a stronger level of trust. In Roman culture, again, there was a lot of sexual fluidity, but the thing that the, the, the nuanced part of in, in Roman culture is that in Roman culture, um, it was okay to have sexual relations with, the other, with another man as long as you were not, and to use gay terminology, the bottom, if you will. No, the receiver. Um, if, if you were the one who was doing the, you know, penetrating or whatever, that was perfectly fine. But if you were the one there who was receiving it and enjoying it, that was actually frowned upon in Roman culture. But, um, you know, relations between men were not, you know, frowned upon or um, looked at in the same way that they are now. That's funny. But so even then, in that, you know, more open to homosexual activity there was mm-hmm. still one end was was less than exactly that is that lesser man that 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 perspective of you're a lesser of a man if you if you're like you know taking it in the ass or whatever yeah. and i'm trying to think if uh yeah yeah there was a comment here and you know from from anthony this is so in prison as well yeah absolutely you know the ones who end up getting raped in prison if you will or or you know or other receivers are looked at as being the less ones or you're being the submissive ones and it's interesting that that terms the, the uh, submissive term because in spanish and in portuguese when you're talking about who's a top or a bottom uh the terms are um activo or passivo um, you know, it's pretty much the same. I said it in more of a Spanish pronunciation, but, you know, active or passive. That's the literal translation. So and even, even today is, uh, and, you know, if, I don't know if, there, if this is too general for all of gay culture, but is, it, is, mm-hmm. is that, does that, uh, does that lesser than being in the receiver or the giver, does that carry on even today? There is, a, there is an element of that, even within the LGBT community. Um, there, there is a sense of, you know, if you're a bottom, you're not, you know, you kind of expect to be a little bit more effeminate and things like that. You're supposed to be a little bit more. Yeah, there, there is an undercurrent of, you know, if you're top, you're more, you're more the man, if you will. So even there, even there, that, that cultural conditioning really plays a role. Yeah, and that, that really is what it is, uh, mm-hmm. conditioning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if we were conditioned to just do what you're drawn to, do what you like, you know, the, the, or the, what is it, the libertarian notion, as long as you do no harm to someone else, do what the hell exactly. you Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly idea. it. So, so, you know, getting back to... to your reaction and your your you know the the fears that you had you know you're you're talking a little bit more about that as far as uh, you know you started to touch a lot on about it It it's what your thoughts and how what you were thinking was really um triggering it within you i mean what else do you think really is was part of what caused you to have that, that great amount of fear 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think being called gay is kind of like the oldest put down. Going back to, I'm just like before I even knew what what, what a homosexual meant. Being called gay or a fag was, yeah, it was making you less than, right? You're, you're a girl, you're not a man. That was the essence of that put down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's like been the one consistent thing. And I, like, I don't know if in, you know, on the playgrounds of America in the first and second grade, is that still the go-to, you know, slur for, for boys against boys? Um, I don't know. You know, I've worked with a lot of millennials and you know being the literal and figurative grandpa of the group um it, it's it's kind of fun to to see how you know be really immersed in the language and the terminology that they use and the insult of oh that's so gay i have never once heard it as either being derogatory or um something that's like bad in any way, shape, or form. In fact, first, I've, I've never heard it amongst any of the millennials that I either work with or that I associate with. Um, but, you know, and then the people who usually use that term, that's so gay, usually pejoratively, um, are usually from, you know, gener pre-millennial generations, I've noticed. And, you know, if anybody here who's listening or is with us right now is a millennial, perhaps that is a better perspective on that. Um, yeah, so there you go, Anthony, you're technically a millennial because millennials were born starting in 1980, and yeah, you said that daily in high school, for sure, and um, but I've noticed, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but at least in my own observations, it might still be used in high school, but once you get out of high school, it's almost like you just forget it, yeah. Yeah, and it's not necessarily meant as, a, as an insult, per se, at least certainly not amongst the folks that I've, I've associated with or have befriended it's funny i you know i i'm feeling more i feel like we're we're nailing it in this whole that it's just this lesser than you're 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 less of a man because uh, sure, even this this past weekend i was at a, a mankind project event with just mm -hmm. the guys and right. someone asked me where's your partner and i was just like my partner i don't ever what do you mean i'm thinking my what what does the he she can't be here and then and i'm like just have this stunned moment like staring at this guy he's like no you're a partner i'm like I'm, and, and i'm like i'm not gay what are you talking about and running through my head he goes you know you're your show partner i'm like oh for coffee i'm like well christ well no we, we, actually, we live across the country we don't always like travel in pairs but you know but again i could feel that it reminds me of the seinfeld episode you know i'm not gay not that there's anything wrong with that and that's that, that's still there and, and like well, why is that and if if i really think there's nothing wrong with it and you know I'm, i cannot think of some other assumption someone might make or that would somehow i say no 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 that you know i'm not that or mm -hmm. or care but well, maybe you know maybe the only thing closest to that is pe you know if, if you're a certain age people assuming that you have kids or assuming you're married by now or something like that but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's but it's yeah it's this lesser than notion for sure yeah you know ben i i love your comment in here and if you are willing to join us for a moment i'll have you unmuted and just jump right in because i really love to to hear your perspective here particularly the the different assumptions when you talk about right well. can you can you guys hear me okay right now yes you can right so this i was trying to you know i was i was the one first of all that you know uh recommended hey do a podcast about this so yeah, I, um, not that not to take credit for for actually doing putting it together, but but um, thinking, wow, this would be a really uh, this could be a really rich conversation. I think it is already. Um, and I, 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 but the one thing I was thinking about before coming on, you know, I was thinking about like this could this the whole conversation can go in multiple directions, and I think it really shifts when um, when for me as a as a man identifying as bisexual, it's easy for me to imagine that everybody else is like me, right? So um, to imagine that every, everybody on earth is on some kind of spectrum of sexuality and nobody's 100% gay or 100% straight. Maybe we just haven't, you know, for somebody who's very gay, very straight, just haven't met a person who they're attracted to um, of the sexuality on the other side of the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. So, but so I think it changes the um, the conversation and the question in the sense that I'm trying to like maybe weave this into stuff you guys have already been talking about. Mm -hmm. um, because it's all then if there's a spectrum of bisexuality that everybody's on, then it's all just projection, 
it's whereas if if I'm straight and I ha, and I'm homophobic, then then homosexuals are the the total other. There's no there's no gayness in me at all. It's just other. Whereas if there's if we're all on this spectrum together, um, and perhaps I just you know I'm unaware of or I haven't met a person I'm ever attracted to that's of the same sex, let's say, or or whatever it is. Um, then it's a matter of it, it's you can understand it more as a matter of projection that like I project um, a, a hatred of my own sexuality or a corner of my own sexuality that I maybe I'm unaware of or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I project that onto homosexuals. And I think it's, it's, it can be equally um, the same thing for perhaps a gay person to uh, a gay man was, as we're talking about today um, to project a, a fear perhaps a fear of for a very good reason or um a, a hatred of a phobia of um straight people or people they imagine to be straight so i think this is you know that that's what i meant by um the whole thing changes if we uh assume that everyone's bi <laughs> yeah <laughs> you assume that like if, if i when i find myself feeling different i kind of assume no one else is like me so it's interesting that you're saying as a bi man oh i just assume everybody is but it matches like my belief. Yeah, I think everybody, it, humans are capable of intimacy and love and sexuality with, mm -hmm. with both sexes. Right. But yeah, and it is the culture, it is the conditioning. It is yeah, and you know, I would add to that, and then Anthony, we'll get to your comment here momentarily, but I would actually add to that even further is that if you really think about it, it this, the, whole idea of, I, the whole idea of separation really started when you know, Christianity really started taking root, and, you know, um, at, at the time, you know, even though you have, you talk about the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition, because the origins of Christianity and Islam both start with, uh, with you know, uh, Judaism, and, it, but when it really started spreading out, this idea of we are separate from God, we are separate from the devil. It's, you know, the devil made me do it. God, it's God's will and everything else. That, I think that really kind of created even further uh, this idea of us versus them. And because, you know, it was really such a dominant part of Western culture in particular, this idea, this idea that we are all separate and we, that we are all separate from, from each other, it created more of that exacerbation, if you will, with regard to sexuality, with regard to, um, you know, to, to all aspects. And that, you know, I guess would be kind of a segue to what Anthony was mentioning with regards to race. If Anthony, if you want to jump into the conversation and, and talk further about that. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I would also, I was going to mention the religion aspect as well and so it's because it's all connected and and the second that ben started talking about this spectrum i was i was pleasantly surprised and and he's nailing it that there it's separation and you and you said it with separation and um we are we've got all sorts of different categories to define different different parts of society and we always separate ourselves and and then when you don't when you don't have any interactions you know the, with muslims people are saying oh you just need to meet a muslim it's like you just need to not hate someone for how they live their lives mm -hmm. because it is just a, a difference in their experience but um, yeah, so I was saying the spectrum could be applied to race because we are truly there's one human race and mm -hmm. some people are dark skinned from their, their, you know, where they come from. But that doesn't mean they're less of a human. And, and we've, you know, I, we could go on for, for hours and days on this, like how we call certain uh, indigenous tribes savage because of the color of their skin. And that this is still happening today with, with um, homophobia, you know, mm -hmm. subject yeah. of this, this, but yeah, thank you for 
yeah, I could keep going, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And, you know, I really appreciate both you and Ben having brought up this whole idea of separation, um, you know, because it kind of goes to the heart of a lot of, a lot of Eastern philosophies. If you really start to look at a lot of Eastern philosophies, this idea of separation is definitely much more of a Western thing than it is an Eastern thing. Um, particularly if you talk about uh, either Hinduism or even, even though Hinduism is very, very strict with regards to castes and things like that, you know, how you're born and so forth. Um, Buddhism as not so much as a religion, but more as a philosophy and a way of thinking and a way of life focuses very much on the fact that all things are one. There may be infinite expressions of this one thing, but ultimately there is no separation whatsoever. And if you really kind of you know, take a you know, look at this idea under a magnifying glass, the cultures that have experienced the greatest amount of strife are the ones who focus more on the differences and the separations and the, this person is lesser because of this or that person is lesser because of that. Can, can I also jump in for a second and, and build on that up? Yeah, yeah please. It's, it's, a, it's a really good point to also think about western culture western imperialism i can't mm -hmm. i can't conquer you i can't do violence to you unless i have a a category in which to put you in to do violence to you that that's to, to justify it morally right so the the you know I, I think it like anthony you were saying it really does all tie together to all the isms all the all oppression um uh, you know, we have these, so if that's all true, if it's everything's on spectrums, et cetera, uh, we create these categories of, of gay and straight in this case, so that um, I, I can do violence to you. I can also do violence to a part of myself that mm. back to that idea of internalized homophobia. I can, yes. I can, you know, compartmentalize and, and hate and have a whole moral system that's, you know, that that's based on repression of a part of myself. Um, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Like anytime, anytime a human being is hating an other, whatever that other is, it, that, I mean, we talked about earlier, it's truly being mirrored, right? I, I hate an aspect of me. I don't know what to do about that. So I'll attack you. I'll go beat you up because you're different because I'm so afraid of being discovered that I'm different. Yeah. And even more so because I see in you the very thing in me that I fear the most. I mean, how many times have we seen in, and, and, you know, this is obviously the exception to the rule, but, you know, we know, we know for a fact that in the media, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, anything which is sensational, everything that is potentially outside of the norm is going to be focused on and magnified in, in, in news reports and so forth. And, you know, how frequently have you seen somebody who has been, you know, super, super homophobic and just, you know, go out there, do violence, this and that or whatever, just preaching, preaching, preaching. And then it turns out, you know, that, that they've been hiring male prostitutes all along <laughs> or something else. It, you know, it speaks very, very eloquently. Their behavior speaks eloquently, if you will, and sadly about the hatred that they have for themselves. So excellent point, Ben, for bringing that up. And, you know, very much appreciated because, yeah, we see that. You see that a lot. And, and again, it, it goes back to the circle of there's no separation. There is no separation. And if another, yeah. It's funny, even over time, our, our spectrums get more points named in them, right? It was mm -hmm. gain straight. That's all the way. Well, maybe there was, just, there was just straight. That was all that was allowed. And then, oh, gain straight. Oh, well, now there's bi in the middle. And that, oh, now there's trans showing up along the spectrum. And mm -hmm. now there's like, I forget what the term is that, uh, that Miley Cyrus came into. She had the term of, I'm attracted to any sexuality, which she wasn't calling it bi. I have a friend, he calls himself trisexual. He'll try anything. <laughs> so that's how he terms it. Uh, um, but yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when you, when, again, when you come up with labels, pretty soon you're going to end up using every single letter of the alphabet. Right now we are at, let's see, LGBTQIA. And it just, you know, just keeps getting longer, which essentially, yeah, we're, we're encompassing the entire freaking human family. Yeah, I could ask. I don't, I don't know what those mean. Can you, can you define that whole string? Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersexual, and I forget what A is. Asexual. And, asexual. and you, you forgot a Q also for questioning. Yeah, question, oh, queer or questioning of both are, Sometimes. so queer can be used, yeah, Q is used as either queer or questioning. Yeah, right. 
That's right. Just, just call it Q then. Like, isn't, isn't everybody questioning something about themselves? <laughs> exactly. And, and take it even further. Let's just get rid of the fucking labels, okay? <laughs> okay, as you said, it, just, it goes back to humans. Right, it does. It does. But no, it also kind of speaks to, to part of the whole... In our human form and in our human experiences, I really, and this is something which I talk about a lot in, in my own practice, you know, working with people, and that is, as human beings, in order to make sense um, of our existence and, and our, our experiences as human beings, we sometimes need to use labels in order to be able to just navigate everything. And this is especially true whether it is sexuality, whether it is um, our emotions, I mean, truthfully, you know, in order for us to be able to understand which emotion that we're actually experiencing, we have to assign labels to them. And so the same thing can be justified to a certain extent as far as labels and the sexuality spectrum as well, or even just the... Uh, just the you know point again but labels can not only exacerbate our differences but if looked at from the right perspective or looked at through the lens of it's just uh, it, the label is simply there for me to make sense of things in, in in their human brain and they can also you know i'm finding that like more labels are showing up in the chat the sapiosexual and cisgender and mm -hmm. i'm like i i could easily like make fun of these because i don't know what they mean and it's almost like right. you keep labeling, so it's like, I don't get what that is, so I'm going to make fun of you until, and much like religions or races mm -hmm. that you're against until you meet someone. Like, oh, you're sapiosexual, and it means, oh, now I, now I can put that into context. Mm -hmm. You actually, <laughs> the cis cisgender means you're, you're the gender, uh, I, you identify with the gender of your birth. Mm -hmm. So I assume you are cisgender, so yep. you're not. <laughs> so, you, so I need to make a list of all the labels I am without me knowing I was that label? Right, exactly, exactly. And I've I've heard I've heard the definition of non-binary before, but because I don't use because it's not doesn't come up in conversation regularly, um, and of course coming from a generation where we didn't even have those particular labels, I can't remember. Uh, Anthony, could you could you refresh our my memory as to what non-binary is? Um, well, I think Ben might be better at answering this question. I I literally just um, started a dating again on the dating website and wow. when I went to fill in my sex and what I who I was looking for and my orientation there were a dozen terms to define my sexuality and I I spent an hour on Google like reading them and I was like I guess I'm cisgender now <laughs> but um some of them are like I'm only attracted to someone that's intellectual or I you know and I can sit here and for myself say, oh, that's not a real, th you know, but who am I? Someone that is, this, this makes them feel like there's someone else like them out there when they could feel like they're alone. Yeah. But at the same time, like, these are very, very complicating ideas to understand for a young person. I wonder, um, the, the more labels we give, we are encouraging people to fall into something, you know, we, we have to be, you know, what are you, who are you, you're your job, you're your sex, your gender, whatever you define it as. But like, why can't we just be who well, who we are? Like, why do we have to define it? Why do we have to put you into a box? In fact, you know, I, I love the label, uh, what, what, what Lori said about the labels. You no, know, labels can work if we use discernment with them. You know, if we understand it, they're just simply there to help us navigate the whole human experience. Um, fortunately, it's also a very human thing, and Andy, you probably can add some additional perspective on this one, and that is it's a very human thing to use labels to create that separation again, to create that less, us versus them, that lesser put you, putting you down. Well, I really want to ask Anthony on the, on the website where how these, can you select more than one, or could you only choose one? Uh, yes, you can, you can choose as many as you want or not choose them. Um, that site, oh, it was a site. I mean, I guess I'll say it. it's, it's okay. Cupid. It's a dating website. And I think it's very, very open. They don't, they don't tolerate any kind of, uh, you know, negative violence towards anyone bullying, but you can, you can, you can click all sorts of different things and 
people are very open uh, sexually with with who they are and what they're looking for because that is a huge part of any relationship and especially partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's challenging though, I think, um, even for the straight white male, you know, to understand this about myself and about others. And uh, it's, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> well, I, th I think, I think to just chime in a little bit on, on, on labels and stuff. Um, the, there's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot to the fact that there is power available in, in forming, especially through the internet, through forming communities around labels, meaning mm -hmm. that the, the, I, I don't think that the transgender rights movement or uh, the, I don't, I definitely wouldn't know what intersex stood for or that it was even a real thing um, without, you know, the fact that there's, there's a, there's a movement, there's, it's, these terms are politicized. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and because of that, you know, there's been, I think a lot of strides and victories in, in, in actually acknowledging people's rights, acknowledging people's humanity, mm -hmm. people learning, oh, there's such a thing as a transgendered person, people who've never met a, you know, trans person. Um, and at the same time, I think back to the other point of why, <laughs> why can't we just be, why can't we all just be human? that's also something I think that can be difficult for say a trans person um, or, or for a, a gay person, maybe less so now, but perhaps 30, 40 years ago when there was a big, when there was a, a, a massive movement, like I can't just live my life. I have to be sucked into a political movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. Cause at some point every person that was different at some point, in our history is been told you're less than human. You're not human. So I can get why that's yeah. a challenge. Why can't we, you know, why can't we just get along? It's, it's, we've made it difficult, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. right. I think the, the, the job comes to the people that can easily define themselves in a majority. It's not, you know, I don't mean to say like, oh, why do we need feminism? You know, we, we've got equal pay, blah, blah, blah. It isn't like, you know, what, oh, all, all lives matter. You know, my life matters too. It's not about that. Like, until there is no issue, there is an issue with inequality. And until there is equality, these um, minority labels, yes, are important, I think, in that way. That's a good point. Yeah. And, you know, to expand on that thought a little bit further as well, I also see something very positive from the whole idea of having more labels and more, you know, identifications and so forth, because as it expands, I, I see that as, as being a very positive thing, because eventually we're going to reach the point where it's like, why do we even have them? No, we're just we're just human beings. We're having these experiences, and when we get away from that emphasis on on you know lesser or whatever, but in, but more so when we get away from the whole emphasis on just sexuality in general, and realize that we're all very sexual creatures. You're in a body. You're gonna you're gonna have urges. You know. And especially as human beings, you know, we we look at it as part of as part of one of the more pleasurable aspects of our experience. And when we can really, really learn to accept that and embrace that, um, I think it would just really make things a lot better. And going back to the whole internalized homophobia, make us less afraid of ourselves and whatever experiences that we want to have and not, not hate ourselves. And, but then even on that spectrum of sexuality, the asexual person, is, mm -hmm. is off that spectrum. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I've never heard the, the binary, non-binary until like recent few months, I would say. So from my understanding, you know, binary would be seeing hetero or not. It's the two extremes. And non-binary would just be anything in the spectrum? Good question. I would, honestly, I would... I have to really sit with that one, to be honest. I don't know, like, I didn't, is that like a catch-all for, you know? 
I can't decide which of the 12 options to choose on a dating website. I'll call myself non-binary. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, hmm. Yeah, and again, I don't mean to make fun of it, but it shows how when you, can't, when you don't know the meaning of something, it, it's easy for me to fall into mocking it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are, are you, are you I, I kind of actually was spaced out for half a second there, but. Um, it's allowed, it's allowed. I, guess. <laughs> I do that too. It's my end. We, now, we, had, a, we had a long weekend. Um, but the, um, you're, you're asking about, you know, someone identifying as gender non-binary. Right. Um, so, uh, so I'm assuming binary is, you know, the one or the other, male or female. Right. And right. non-binary so, just be anything else or not? No, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, again, there's a whole, there's a movement and then there's a counter movement within the trans movement um, around binary versus non-binary, I, as far as I know. Um, and I, it's, it's really a way to um, say, like, one of my favorite, out of all the labels and all the words out there, my absolute favorite term that I fully embrace is, is gender fuck. Um, which like, <laughs> that sounds like a band to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are people who identify as gender fuck. There's not a lot of them. It's not you know politically correct, etc. But um, I, I like it because it says just shut up, everybody. Like, it, like I'm I'm female today. I'm I'm nothing tomorrow. I'm male the next day. I'm trans every day. Whatever. So, um, and and actually, uh, in, I've heard RuPaul uh, actually tout a lot of um, really. Uh, great. Um, yeah. yeah, someone just said da Anthony just said yeah. David Bowie in the comments. Yeah. That's it's, that's kind of gender fuck. Um, yeah. So, uh, and and it's a non-binary meaning like, it, meaning I'm not. I'm. I'm it, it's it, gay and straight. That's your binary, right? And in, in terms of gender, um, male and female, a lot of people that a lot of trans people will say like I'm. I was born male, and now I'm having surgery and I'm taking hormones to become female. Whereas someone who identifies as non-binary would say, no, I'm just, I'm trans. I'm not male or female, or I'm, maybe I don't even use the word trans. I, I just identify as genderless or, or all genders or something like that. That would be non-binary. You know, it just, you just reminded me, I just recently was watching a bunch, you know, the first season of The Magicians, and there was this one episode where they're talking about this traveler from a different world who was, his, his anatomy was very, very adaptable. So, so I know he's like this, this third in this, with this couple, and they loved him because his, his, his anatomy was adaptable. I'm like, that's a, that's a great definition of gender fog. <laughs> You know, this is my, I, I think it's Louis C.K. That, that this joke or observation comes from, but you know, when, in the world of porn, like, oh, chicks with dicks, it's the best of both worlds, and give me that sort of movie. It points out to like heterosexual guys, well, there are no chicks with dicks, there's just guys with tits. And that like, <laughs> takes away, oh, it just deflates the heterosexual man of being able to enjoy that. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Oh uh, yeah, um, Ben had to leave us, but uh, you know, it was thank you, Ben, for even though you're gone, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad he was here because yeah, I didn't want to name him as the because and and I'm, I'm oh I'm bummed that he I wanted to ask is this I don't know if Ben created internalized homophobia mm -hmm. or is that another you know yeah or, I don't know but I'm so glad that he that he you know gave gave you the idea because. Yeah, you know, and it, it's been a great, great conversation for sure. Yeah, and it, it, we've got all over the all over if, the. If gender fuck is a thing, I'm sure internalized homophobia was already a thing too. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure, and internalized misogyny and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it just go back to anything. Any any judgment can go external and can go internal, and mm -hmm. it's a problem. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and I think that's really what it kind of, in, in essence, if you know what, when you kind of go to just a very, very general, broad look at the whole internalized misogyny, homophobia, or whatever, it kind of boils down to a us hating ourselves or looking at an aspect of ourselves that we're not necessarily fond of, seeing somebody else that's out there. Um, that perhaps represents it and see um, just uh, um, fear, not wanting to embrace it and fear, thinking of ourselves or, or fearing that we're going to be perceived as somehow less than. Yeah. 
That's, that's what it really comes back to. Because yeah. Lori shared early in the comments that you know, growing up as a girl, she was called gay and things would be called gay. So yeah. again, when I was a kid, it didn't. I knew it. It didn't mean homosexuality. It wasn't questioning sexuality. It was a way to say you're less than. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're engaging is not worthy of someone who wants to be at the cool kids table or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, I think it also speaks a lot to the fact that um, this probably kind of going back to the historical conversation that we're having a little bit earlier or, or circling around to, to that. And that is sexuality overall, human sexuality became more of a big deal in Western culture. Once, you know, you had the, the rise of, of the, the Christian church and, 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 so forth you know it just was the, the 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 great monotheistic religions seems to have make a really big deal about sexuality in general um and i, th I think that actually hold on a second there's a there's a comment here so in addition to not embracing something in self society making the other evil in some way and creating fear yes absolutely and that, that actually ties that's that's a perfect you know continuation of that thought that i was starting to have if someone was just no, suddenly i just had a squirrel moment <laughs> where this idea of you know separating yourself from god separating yourself from the divine separate you know it's you know the devil made me do it the devil tempted me it's god's will i have absolutely no control over my life whatsoever everything that absolutely happens is is you know it's it's you know something outside of me that's making it actually happen and so you know when we start to embrace the idea and this the truth what i look at as the truth with a capital t and you know there are infinite ways of having embracing a truth with a capital T with, you know, infinite little truths, which are your personal truths and how you define it. And that is, there is no separation. There's no separation between any of us. There's no separation between us and the divine. There's no separation between us and the universe. And if you want to turn it into a truly scientific conversation, you know, cosmologists, astrophysicists, everybody will tell you the same thing. We are made of star stuff. So we are literally connected to the universe in some way, shape, in every way, shape, or form, physically, emotionally, energetically, whatever. And if the universe is the divine, where's this, you know, I don't know why we ever came up with this idea that, you know, it is, um, you know, somehow, there, you know, it's God's will or the devil made me do it. Yeah, it even goes, I mean, it's, like, again, just to speak in generalizations, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's so much the religious right, like the, the strict interpretation of the Bible seemed to be the mm -hmm. most attacking of someone who's different, yet there are they're the ones that the, the teachings, the teaching of the Bible, you know, God isn't everything, right? Mm -hmm. I'm God, you're God, yeah. that gay person's God, that gender fuck group is God, so <laughs> why would I be against them? Why would I want to fight them? <laughs> them off of my planet or whatever it is exactly exactly and you know you know um you know laurie i love your comment about of course we're from the stars but the majority of people don't feel that we are and yes that is so so true you know i thought as, as you're mentioning that andy a thought occurred to me that i think one of the reasons why this idea of separation or less and then or you know the you know this person is lesser that person is lesser labeling you as gay makes me feel better or whatever it kind of goes to to the heart of 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 something else which is as human beings it's a very natural tendency to not want to take responsibility for what's going on around us and there's something extremely attractive and appealing to an idea and to a philosophy that puts the responsibility on everything else and everyone else. Putting the responsibility on, a, on God, putting the responsibility on the devil, putting the responsibility on that person or this person or whatever. Separating ourselves absolves ourselves from being responsible for what the, the hot mess that our life may be. <laughs> And it's, I love they bring up responsibility because I, I go back to the, uh, the comment from that other Andy Grant that kind of mm -hmm. started this. And, and another friend of mine on Facebook made hashtag not my Andy Grant. So uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, his comment 
you know, I went back and I, I asked people on Facebook, well, how should I respond? Should I know this? and got all this different input. And I went back and I thanked him for his comment and invited him to the show. And today I shared with Appy earlier, he has gone and deleted the comment. So it, so he, he was being seen and, you know, I, it's like, so he took responsibility and deleted it, you know, as opposed to take responsibility and stand up to it, but <laughs> right? it has been deleted. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and sometimes when you're caught, when you're in, instead of, you know, getting the reaction that you would expect, um, which is that, that, that reaction of, oh, you fucking bastard, you know, you know, fuck you and the horse you rode in on and everything else. Instead, saying, dude, thanks for the comment. Come share your perspective. Wow. That was unexpected, right? <laughs> That's a great way to shut somebody up. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's the world of, you know, internet trolls. If, you know, the feeding, feeding frenzy can come on if people are agreeing with you. But yeah, like, go, oh, mm -hmm. I see your comment. Would you... I invite you to explain it and let's have the conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. crap, I've been seen. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. Exactly. And you know, we were talking a bit about this just before the show, you know, we started recording the show, which was the, a big question that I've always wanted to ask out of pure curiosity, wanting to understand. And that is what, and I, want, I genuinely want to ask this of somebody who feels that it is okay to not only assign those labels to people, but to do violence against them. Now, why? I want to understand their reasoning. I want to understand their, their you know, what, what is it that, is, that, that would drive them to do such a heinous thing against anybody? And I would, you know, invite anybody who's hearing who may feel like, you know, they, you want to explain their thought processes and and do so from a place of complete non-judgment it is curiosity it is a desire to understand and excuse me just one second i'm going to go close the door because my dog is really starting to go crazy right now and husband just got home so just a moment i'll be right back okay well one of our participants has raised their hand so would you would you like to unmute and, and join us james Okay. Hello. Yep, we got you. Okay, perfect. And I just want to mention, thank you, first of all, great conversation. And uh, why people do what they do is because uh, they're unconscious. They have a lack of love for themselves. And that's what it is. I mean, back in the day, you know, uh, I mean, I'm what, 43 now. So, you know, in school, it was all about, yeah, you're gay, you're gay. And, you know, when when you have a lack of love for yourself, you tend to you know, judge others, but it's not until you fall in love with yourself unconditionally that there is no more separation. There is no more ego. Therefore, there's no more really uh, judgment on anybody. So for me, I'm all things. I'm everybody. I don't care. You could put a title on all things because I don't have that ego that's going to separate me from you because there's just love intent. And if there was, you know, judgment before, and if we could evolve and listen, uh, we can be more conscious and be a better version of ourselves every single day. And sometimes, you know, um, you know, having that hatred could evolve you closer to love because you need that, you know, yin and yang. You need to have that opposite to spring you forward only if you're conscious enough to even listen to be able to do that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I am so glad you, you said that because the fifth principle of joy is, as, as I shared, you know, with, with my groups and so forth is that in essence, when you love you, the world does too. Now, when you fall madly passionately in love with yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, and yeah, yeah. It's back to you in the most beautiful way. Yeah. But I mean, really I, Go ahead. It, 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 so in, uh, in my speeches about suicide and being a temp survivor, you know, I talk about, yeah, the, the ultimate cause of suicide is a lack of self-love. So it's really the cause of all discomfort, all striking out against you or others. Um, but yeah, you're right. But, but if I'm being beaten up by someone that doesn't agree with how I live, me going, you're not conscious. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help in that moment. So <laughs> So I know like, like an, an addict or your own personal journey, you, the sense of hitting rock bottom to, to kind of wake you up. So, you know, what, what are your, I wonder what your thoughts are, James, about the, the notion of, you know, someone that's unconscious and is, and is hating and striking out and being violent. Like, mm -hmm. what, what, what helps to wake that person up? 
Um, you know, some things, <laughs> this is the way all I know, and is that I don't judge others, number one. Life is nature. I mean, everything is nature, and it will take care of itself. Either I could participate and be involved, or I could just stand back. You know, what kind of God do you believe in that's not serving you? That's number one we have to ask ourselves. And knowing that nature will take care of itself. I mean, you know, always do the best that you know how, right? And that would be to go and help somebody in the most compassion, most loving, empathy, everything that you can for them. Because potentially they are you. First of all, me, I don't even want to separate myself from them. All I know is that that's, you know, the way I look at people is they are, they are me. And, you know, I sometimes, it's like I take their heads off and I just put my head on them. And that is just me on another road. And what can I do to serve you? How can I help you evolve? How can I lift you up from where you are being unconscious? So uh, sometimes it, it all depends. I, it, you know, you just do the very best you know how without judging them because I didn't walk their road. I don't know what they've been through. I, all I could do is love them unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that speaks to something else that's been on my mind a lot lately. And that is, you know, compassion versus understanding or actually compassion being the road to understanding. You know, compassion is one of the greatest traits that we as human beings have. Compassion is, is what has, helped us overcome some of the greatest times of adversity in our history. And yet compassion can also keep us stuck. But if we look at compassion as being the bridge to understanding and help us to really open up that dialogue and understand some, you know, the, the other person through their eyes, through their experiences, it, 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 it just creates that you know that 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 true sense of oneness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean this is my first time and, and thank you for uh, me uh allowing me to be here with you guys i mean i think it's all perfect i think you know sometimes we don't see the miracle that's happening right here right now i mean sometimes mm -hmm. we look at we look at life so close to like the palm of our hand and if we could only take a step back mm -hmm. and if we could even step out of that box and take a step further back and just know that this one breath that we take right now is a miracle. All things is just expanding in his love and light. And, you know, I just love you guys unconditionally. That's all I could tell you right now. That's all Indeed. I could tell you right now. <laughs> I love you, James. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you, brother. I love you too, oh, Anthony. I love this. I love the synchronicity because again, I, I was at the a Mankind Project event this weekend, and I came home with my new affirmation. I put it up on Facebook, and as a man among men, I love unconditionally. Yeah, and that's it's yeah. amazing. This conversation is happening tonight, and this is what's yeah. being shared. And you know, lo love is the force. You know, to, to move back to our geek fest before the recording. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I have to say really quick one thing. I I was just sometimes you know I obviously I people I talked to and stuff like that. And uh, I was teaching them how to get over their biggest fears. And for me, it's, I love talking about the ego and sending love to the ego because when you can start giving love to all things, even dark, I say give love to light and even more to darkness. Because when you could give that kind of love and light to anything, it doesn't vibrate you anymore. It doesn't want, it doesn't vibrate you, it leaves. So I always say, if you have a fear, if it's for me, it was the highest roller coaster in the world, but I was able to do it because I gave it love. You know, so everything, if I was back in the day, I was a gay hater, right? I mean, I hated everybody. If you were a different color, a different race, I hated everybody. You, I was from Jersey, man. I'm smashing windows and pulling people out and beating shit out, right? So that was my entire life. And it was funny because my wife and I were driving. And uh, she's like, oh, what are you going to talk about next week? I said, oh, about, you know, uh, you know, giving love to, you know, all our fears. She goes, oh, this and that. And then she goes, well, you know, she mentions about uh, booking a massage for me. She goes, why don't you use my guy? I go, I can't, I can't get a massage by a guy. And there you go. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I've done so much work of, of loving all things, but there's these deep, deep building blocks and fear-based things that we forget about. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at her and she goes, you know what you have to do? And I said, you're damn right. You know what I got to do? I'm going for a massage. So, um, and that was fantastic. And, and I have to tell you, I want to be honest here. I don't want to just sit here and be like, Ooh, this is what, who I am. Panic occurred. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been like very conscious for the past 13 years. And, but when that vibration comes up, it's still ringing at that vibration. So you go, holy shit. And I kind of panicked for a minute. I said, wait, what do you do? Send it love. And I started to send it love. Mm-hmm. And maybe for like a minute or two. And that was it. By the time I booked it and I went to my massage next week, my wife calls me up. She's like, uh, you're on the way to the massage. She said, I said, yeah. She's like, well, you're nervous. I said, nervous about what? Like it was already done. You know, and uh, let me tell you, this guy was 250 pounds, threw me around like Play-Doh, and uh, it was probably one of the greatest massages ever because usually it's a 90-pound little Filipino girl who gives me a massage, and she can't do what this guy did, you know? So, uh, you know, you got to send love, and it's, it's not that I had to get a massage by a guy, um, but it's to say, you know, I don't live, you know, I, I, I live life. I don't let it live me, meaning I don't, mm-hmm. I live life. I don't let the fear still continue. I don't want to be 90 years old being woulda, coulda, shoulda, should I have him massaged by a man? Uh, did I still have a fear somewhere in his life? It's these little, little, little things that you could clear up your whole life because when the big waves come, you know how to deal with it. And that's what I plan, you know, I like to do, so. I really love that perspective. Now, James, I wonder if, if you can put your, I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, put me on the spot yourself back into the time when you're living the jersey guy and beating people up can you and apio can you ask the question that you've always wanted to ask to some that personality type yeah so so putting yourself back in those in those shoes temporarily Ah. looking at it from that particular perspective what what drove you who wants to cause violence. Oh, have you have no idea. Mm. It's total unconscious. It's, you know, when we're, when we're, for me, you know, we're born with love vibration. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it, love is not even a word. It's a, it's a vibration. And that's why when you look at a baby, baby doesn't understand, you know, the word love yet, but you know it's love because that's mm. how easy it is. So we come from God, but what happens is egos start teaching us, our parents, our teachers, media, TV, everything that already have been built in with egos, fears, uh, they start, you know, putting them into us as we're as young as babies. So, you know, being brought up in Jersey, you know, uh, not liking uh, having a fear of black people, having a fear of gay people, having a fear. So this was the culture that you lived in and, and you just lived it. This is what you were afraid of. And when you're unconscious, you just, you know, it's ego driven. And, and you're separating yourself even more. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was um, fear. It was fear of probably of the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, not, not loving myself, not accepting others, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, it's, it, 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 you know, it still resonates. It's, it's the love that I just continuously I, if you feel it now i could just send so much love to everybody and i've asked for forgiveness to so many and everybody and my heart still pounds for them and, and my love still goes for them because i am them you know and i love them um you know consistently yeah. consistently that is when i've you know done work with people and you know helped them realign their emotions consistently. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that same thing. It is consistently the fear yes. that causes them to just do so yeah. many things and to lash yeah. out. Yeah. And you know, and yeah. You want approval. You you know, you, you look at your father as a huge mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you wait your whole life. I was you know, I was 18 years old the first time my father said he was proud of me. You know, that to me was probably my biggest victory ever, you know, is to have your father say he's proud of you. And, and, he, and I felt it, you know, so you do everything for approval for your father, you do this, you do that. And, you know, um, you never wanted to be that girl, that girly or not tough enough or what, because you wanted to be that man for your father. But, you know, I think today's man is a new man. Today's man is knowing oneself is knowing that today's man is all things no matter if it's man woman animal tree planet universe that we are expanding beings and light and that we have no separation to me that is man to me I, i've been sensitive since I, I can't even watch a burger king commercial i cry you know so and my wife looks at me and thinks i'm nuts have the time but that's who i am you know what and 
and I love myself. You know, I love who I am. I love, uh, and, and it's okay. I don't mind. I don't need to spit or cheat on somebody or beat up anybody anymore or do any of this. To me, that's so over. It's so over. I think being, uh, loving all things, um, that is a man. To me, that is a man and not being afraid, you know, so. Indeed. I really appreciate your yeah, thank your you, gentlemen. Your authenticity, your willingness you. to be put on the spot here, James. And uh, <clears throat> been going for a while. So do want to? I I I think I'll, I'll say it here. So make it official. I think this is my favorite show so far. I, I, I have to agree. <laughs> I have to agree. I mean, we've had some freaking awesome shows, and every every show we seem to just top it. Yeah, I love that. Like I've learned things about me. I've been able to share things. I, I love the interactivity. I, I just love that it's going everywhere. Um, yeah. But to kind of to wrap it up on a on a lighter moment, um, the talking about the the male massage. About five years ago, I had my first and only massage, <laughs> and uh, it was a deep tissue massage. And the guy is grinding his elbow into my back, and I'm in pain. I'm on, on my tears are coming down my cheek, but I'm face down, and I'm like, I am not giving in. I'm not letting this guy fucking know how much pain I am. And by the and you know it just felt like it was five hours fucking long. It was it was hell. And he finally stops. Oh my God. And I still haven't said anything. He's like, he's like, you need more massages. You are so tight. I was giving you everything I got, waiting for an exhale, a gasp, a release. I'm like, fuck. I didn't like didn't give me those rules. I'm like, I'm just holding on there like I gotta survive this thing. I'm not telling this guy he's hurting me, you know? But, yeah, a lot of stuff looked at hurt because I wasn't willing to feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Release. <laughs> release, release, release. <laughs> Again, I, I, I thank everyone that was involved tonight because yeah, I, I really did learn that, you know, the, the, this, the whole notion of being called gay and used as a put down, it's to, to make me feel less. And that's why it does still trigger me. Someone, oh, I'm less of a man. I'm le you're saying I'm not, you're saying I'm less of who I really am, which can't, which can't be true. And that's what causes the disconnect. And I want to fight back and to get defensive and, yeah. Again, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Um, we'll be live again next Tuesday, March 14th, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, boy, we're keeping this. This year is getting, it's very sexual, it continues. We're talking about the reality of being a sex worker with our guest, Kimberly Klein. Uh, she's a, a globe trotting adventure escort. And uh, she'll have some tales to share with us. <laughs> That's what I'm sure of. <laughs> this will be great. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Apio. Thanks, James. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Ben, for, for joining us. Everyone listening now, uh, give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, share this. Subscribe. Give us some reviews. And, uh, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I got something out tonight. I don't know about anyone else. Oh man, I'm I was I started off with a buzz. Now I'm just now I'm gonna have a hangover from how awesome I feel. <laughs> well, cool. So thanks, thanks again, winning. Now we'll talk to you soon. Right, good night, guys. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org, join the Real Men Feel group on Facebook, and share what you thought of this show. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes. Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com and Apio Hunter at apiohunter.com.